With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You are indeed Rob Popplestone and Sam the Man. One faggy born and bred and sitting right outside Harvey Norman as we speak with a big smile on his face. He just loves it. On a Saturday morning, sitting out here in the weather, wondering or not whether it's going to rain down on his laptop and his our codec system that we use. You'd think SEN could invest in sort of some sort of marquee or something, a caravan. We need a marquee. Even a little three-man tent. Just something to protect us. Might have to hop in my car soon. <laughs> oh, you've got to laugh. Hey, listen, uh, our first guest this morning, John Harmer, a man that uh, you know quite a bit about. Yeah, he uh, briefly... Played for Victoria's second eleven in 1960 and 61, but he really made his name in cricket as a coach and a biomechanics expert, I'm pretty sure. And uh, after a long time coaching, I'm not exactly sure what's in between, but we'll have to find out. He went on to take over Australia's women's side in 1994 and uh, was at the helm when they reached three World Cup finals, I believe so. And then... uh, 1998, he was shortlisted in the Australian Coach of the Year Awards. And uh, in 2001, he moved to England to take charge of England's women's side. And from there, he uh, after that, he joined the Australian Academy as a senior coach in 2003. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that's all correct, but he might have to fix me up on a couple of those. <laughs> as he joins us right now. Morning, John. How are you going? Very well, Rob. Thank you. That's all How right. are you? Uh, yeah, really good, thanks, John. Good. Actually, as Sam introduced you, it actually had me fascinated that you had such an involvement in women's cricket in 1994. That surprises me. Yeah, it actually surprises me that it's been established for so long. If you would have asked me just blindly a minute ago, I would have said, oh, maybe the last decade or so, but it's certainly been oh, a no. long time in the making. It has. It's, oh, it's a, uh, way back in the... Ooh, early 1900s women's cricket started. There's no doubt yeah. about that. And, uh, you know, I took over a junior team to India in the early, late 80s, I think, and then moved to the senior team in 94. And what was the attraction so, with women's cricket, given that you're an established cricketer yourself? What, what drew you to want to develop or be associated <laughs> with women's cricket? Right, well, I was, I was a, a coach. And uh, at that stage, and uh, yep. I liked the idea of um, helping people along, really. And uh, uh, to put it politely, if you're not a test cricketer, you can't really catch the Australian team. So I thought, <laughs> yeah. oh, well, I'll go the other direction. And uh, because I was in biomechanics and uh, phys ed, I thought, well, let's have a crack with the girls. And I was offered the job uh, coaching through a network of cricket coaching courses, really. All right, so let, let's go back. Let's go back a few years now, John. You I mentioned that you played for Victoria's second eleven in 1960. What, where were you before that, and what did you get up to after after that? Uh, after playing oh, for dear. Victoria, <laughs> um, that particular day, I actually sat my matriculation English exam, and <laughs> I was picked up after the exam and taken to the MCG to play for the the second eleven. 
I made a few runs, which was quite handy, and got a wicket, and uh, it was quite nice. Did you, uh, you pass your exam? Then, <laughs> I did. Oh, Strange, that's good. But true, I did. <laughs> that's a good day all round. <laughs> that was that was a tough one for me too, the English one. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I played for North Melbourne in district cricket. Uh, started when I was about eleven or twelve in the fourths and went up from there and uh, went coaching in, was it 68, something like that. Okay. And and can I ask you, who were some of the bigger names around Victorian cricket at that time, John? Oh, dear. (laughs) Oh, the Maddox boys. Mm -hmm. They were North Melbourne players. But uh, Ian Meckiff, he was playing, of course. It's about that time. It's a long time ago, mate. It, it is. It is. Yeah. Probably, does it seem like yesterday or does it seem like a long time ago? It seems, uh, when I think of the memories, it seems like yesterday, yes. Yeah. But it yeah. was a long time ago. And yeah. so how how did you eventually find yourself as the head coach of Australia's women's side, John? Uh, I was coaching the squads through their camp uh, development schemes. And uh, when the job became vacant, they asked me, the Peter Backer stood down, and uh, they asked me if I'd like to take it. And uh, I grabbed it with two hands and said, yes, I'll do this. Um, and you, yeah. and you obviously had a minute of it, mate. Yeah, yeah. it would have, would have been great for you, reaching uh, three, I think I mentioned, World Cup finals. Um, yes. What, 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 what were those experiences like? Uh, I did three trips to India, 87, and then uh, in World Cup times. India is amazing uh, to tour to play cricket. You know, people power in India is incredible. Uh, the mayor of Calcutta, on the which was that was the town at that stage, Eden Park. We played the grand final um, in 97. And uh, he ordered every bus driver in Calcutta to pick up only women and take them <laughs> to the Eden Gardens. There was 97,000 there. The wow. crowd. Yeah, unbelievable chatter, mate. It was just a sea of faces, colour and noise. And uh, it was a huge experience. You know, sometimes you see three or four women having a chat in a cafe and you can't, you can't get a word in. Now, you've got 97,000 in one, Try that. In one arena. <laughs> it was amazing, yes. Wow. Yes. What a day. Calcutta what a fantastic day. Yeah. yeah, it was, yeah. And, and, uh, uh, so, and so you moved, to, you moved to England in 2001, John. What, I did, what, yes. That what, was what made you complete... make that move? Oh, well, I'd been coaching Australia for, what, nine years at that stage, and we finished our World Cup in uh, New Zealand, and I thought, well, I've had a good stint at this. Uh, It's time somebody else took over, and uh, I was without a job for a month, and then uh, England got in touch with me and said, would you like to come over here and play and coach? And I thought, what a great idea. So uh, away I went with Marg, and we went to... England and had a wonderful time for three years. At that time, uh, what were the similarities, if any, or the or the differences uh, between Australian and English women's cricket? Oh, athleticism, without a doubt. Yeah. Between the players, yes, yeah. The level of skill of the Australian girls was far greater than the English girls, and the level of uh, athleticism 
of the girls too was uh, far greater. Um, and uh, uh, but they love their cricket over there, and everybody plays it. Everybody enjoys it. It's a different concept totally over here. And we, and and we in the uh, lead up, yeah, in the lead up, John, we were, we we're talking about your biomechanics background. How, how do you bring that into the game of cricket? How's how's that utilised best? Oh. <laughs> well, biomechanics is in everything, everything yep. we do, and cricket's not an exception to that. And uh, like the techniques that the players are using today are there because of the study of biomechanics, the bowling, the way they bowl, the uh, skills of batting, the way they're hitting the ball. Uh, biomechanics is not an unusual thing. It's a natural way that the body moves. And if you can sort of uh, uh, use it with a bat in your hand and use your body in a good sequence... You will have a cover drive like Don Bradman, and uh, <laughs> yeah, his cover drive is the same as Davy Warner's, mate. They've yeah. all played it basically the same, you know. Um, but we know when to make the bat go fast these days, and how to make the bat go faster. And now, John, that, that sort of thing. Now, sorry, sorry, mate. Uh, people might be wondering why we're talking to you on Saturdays in Gippsland. Our thousands of listeners might be wondering what's, what's John Harmer yeah. got to do with Gippsland. So we actually had Sophie yeah. Molyneux on, uh, on the show, on our last show before, uh, on our last show before the new year. And right. she mentioned that you were uh, one of her biggest mentors growing up. What, what's your relationship with Sophie been like? I was in... Uh, oh, it's been excellent, mate. She's an amazing player and we haven't seen the best of her as yet either. Um, we were living in Bruthen at the time and I went to the football grand final at Bensdale and it was half-time and this little player was running around beating the boys and bumping them and getting the mark and getting the kick and I thought to the boy, I said to the chap, who's that little girl out there? And they said, that's Sophie Molyneux, but boy, can she play cricket? <laughs> there it was. Uh, Dad spoke to me about coaching her and I grabbed the opportunity and she's been amazing. I've helped her since she was 14 uh, to be a cricketer and uh, the results on the board, really. Yeah, she's geez. been amazing. She has, she has, and we were very happy to have yeah. her join the show. And what, uh, So what, what kind of other work have you been doing in Gippsland and, and around Victoria uh, in recent years, John? <laughs> Only uh, mainly cricket coaching and doing it uh, on an individual basis. I don't do teams these days. I'm, you know, getting past that. But I can certainly handle uh, visiting a club like Glenelvy. I go out there and do some work with them every now and again and help them out. There's a couple of young players out there that I coach individually, and uh, they just give me a ring. I'll meet you so-and-so, and I say, OK, I'll be there, and we go through a bit of a session for them on their batting or their bowling. And uh, But it's mainly involvement at an individual basis at this stage. If you saw my averages, John, you would be uh, hassling <laughs> me. No, for, doubt. no, 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 you would be hassling me for to sign, <laughs> sign up for some coaching <laughs> lessons from you, and I will, I will have to um, speak to you at Glen Alvey's training sometime soon when, okay. I'm, when I'm able to get down there and you're there. Uh, okay. But uh, where, whereabouts, whereabouts are you living now, John? In Tarwin Lower. Tarwin Lower. And it's beautiful down here, yes. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah. yeah, nice part of the world. Hey, John, it, it's intrigued me, and this is from a uh, from a novice cricketer. Uh, yes. When you get someone like Jeff Thompson, whose style was quite different to what you yeah. see as a, a fast bowler, but so effective as well, can, can you teach? Can you teach that way to bowl, or is it just something that is unnaturally natural, for want of a better description? Um, yes, I know what you're saying. The answer is yes. You can teach someone to bowl like Thompson if you want to. Um, anything that somebody can do with their body, another person can do. You with me? Yes. Uh, whether they can do it as effectively, whether they want to do it in that way is another question. You know. So, yes, it can be done. We could develop a warning. If we, uh, one of my sayings is you've got to unpick champions in their technique to see what they do so we can replicate it and teach it to the younger kids. And uh, certainly the technology uh, these days with slow motion filming and uh, computerisation, we can have a look at all that and actually teach the kids. But they've got to have the other side of it, not just the physical. They've got to have the will and the want and the willpower to keep training and doing all the hard work to get to the top. Now, John, just a couple more questions before we let you go. Uh, I saw just in my research that you passed up on the opportunity to coach Bangladesh in 2007. Can you talk us <laughs> through that and what uh, what your reasoning was for passing up on that? <laughs> I did. I, I believe I did. I don't know. I was, I was over there for the interviews and uh, I, um, I wasn't ready to go over to the subcontinent at that stage, really, and uh, to take on a huge job of uh, coaching Bangladesh. That was really what it was about. Um, okay. It yeah, would okay. have been a great experience, but it meant that everybody had to go over, my wife and things like that, and I thought, no, nah, I'll stay in Australia. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. And and one, one last question. It's the question on a lot of people's lips in Australian cricket at the moment. What do you think the future of Justin Langer should be? Do you think he should go on? Look, it's largely a personal issue. It's very hard for us to be on the outside and understand what's going internally with it. You know, um, the big thing about coaching is the players have got to be happy. They're never... Uh, a team is never a team unless the administration and the top of it has made a, a, a harmonic group of people. You yeah. know what I mean? And I'm just hoping that uh, that's what happens and the best decisions made. Justin's yeah, a wise let's... person, and it, you know, the chances are he'll probably stay, I think. Yeah, let's hope so. I think he's a good man. John Hazar, you and we appreciate your time this morning. John, good luck. Okay, thanks very good. much for the interview. Ta.